It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, friends? Welcome back to the Locked On Panthers podcast brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you will get 20% off your next order. What's going on, friends? Billy Rossetti of SI Panthers here on the season wrap-up show of the podcast. It's hard to believe we have finally made it to this point. 16 games down, zero to go. The Panthers' 2020 season officially came to an end on Sunday, and it was not the prettiest of ways to end the regular season. We'll talk a little bit about the final game and start setting the table for uh, looking forward. We'll take a look at uh, the final numbers for some of these players. So kind of wrap up those numbers. So kind of put a, a bit of a bow here to the uh, the 2020 season. We'll look at snap counts quit, or quick, and then we'll look ahead to uh, the official set. Now that we know, we've speculated a bit on what the 2021 opponents would look like. Now we fully know what they'll look like. We'll skim through that. We'll look at some free agents and, of course, start looking ahead to the draft. So we'll start by going back to Sunday and kind of wrapping up the final game of the season. And, yeah, it was definitely not the way the Panthers wanted to go out in 2020. You were hoping that they would look at least a little bit more competitive in a division game, a chance to... You know, play spoiler a little bit for the Saints, but they just got absolutely thwacked by the New Orleans Saints, losing 33-7 to at home in Week 17. Just an ugly, ugly finish for the Panthers. You know, they got it. They scored that touchdown late in the first quarter with Rodney Smith, and then they just did next to nothing throughout really the the rest of the game while the, the Saints just seemingly had their way with the Panthers, especially on defense. You know, this uh, th- this was a tough pill to swallow, I'm sure, for, for Panthers fans. You know, the whole, you know, obviously losing for them, giving themselves a higher draft pick, I'm sure people were, were pretty happy about that, especially, of course, with what happened in Philadelphia on a Sunday night, but you would have at least liked, uh, I, I know there's people out there that would have at least liked them to show a little bit more fight in this game, but just getting thumped to go into the off season, not the way you want to go out. And it all starts. And I hate to say it because, you know, you guys know, I've been one of the biggest Teddy Bridgewater supporters throughout his entire career, especially after that injury, but it all starts with him. I mean, there aren't too many quarterbacks, you know, save for like maybe Carson Wentz, of course, and everything that happened there. There aren't too many quarterbacks that had a rough final few weeks of the season, or really even a second half of the season. We could even go that far. 
uh, than Teddy Bridgewater did. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater went from, you know, handling the game well and managing the offense well to really holding this offense back and making a lot of poor throws and last uh yesterday was was no uh no exception you know two interceptions a lot of rough throws he ends up 13 of 23 for just 176 yards in this game was sacked once and then he was benched in favor of PJ Walker and PJ Walker wasn't much better either 5 of 14 95 yards he was sacked twice and he was picked off three times so in total the Panthers quarterbacks went 18 of 37, 237 yards, sacked three times, and picked off five times for a total QB rating of 33.6. And yet somehow they had two receivers go over 100 yards on Sunday. Curtis Samuel had a buck 18 in what could very well be his final game with the Panthers. And then DJ Moore had 101 yards on five catches. Curtis Samuel had seven catches. So that's pretty impressive, actually, that for as poor as the quarterbacks played, they still ended up having two receivers go over 100 yards. But, yeah, Sunday definitely showed that they need a fresh start at the quarterback position. We thought P.J. Walker, you know, would be a nice backup and, you know, maybe hang in there a little bit. But... I think it's safe to say the Panthers have a bit of a conundrum at the quarterback position, and they are now certainly in a position where if they want to draft one or move up in the draft, they could. I mean, they still end up with the eighth pick in the draft, and we'll you know dig a little more, obviously, into this down the line. But they're sitting now in the eighth pick, so the options are there. They can certainly also go after you know a, a cheap veteran. Whatever the case may be, you know, I I know there's a lot of back and forth whether the Panthers should go after Dwayne Haskins. And there was a report uh, the other day that the Panthers were seemingly interested in Dwayne Haskins. Uh, no surprise, Haskins did clear waivers. I didn't think anybody would take on his contract, even at $4 million over the next two years. I didn't think anybody was going to take that on, just let him become a free agent and give him a cheap deal. So, you know, we'll see if the Panthers go after him, uh, you know, some other cheap options that could be out there. Maybe they go after, you know, maybe a, a Jared Stidham becomes available. Maybe, uh, you know, I don't know if they're going to go after Jimmy Garoppolo or, or some of those guys. So really going to be interesting what the Panthers do with the quarterback situation. But, Sunday was just kind of the icing on the cake in terms of the quarterback, you know, what the Panthers have right now at the quarterback position. You know, again, I've I've been a Bridgewater fan, but, you know, I think everybody's in agreement that these last few weeks have not been Bridgewater's finest, and he wound up being one of the biggest reasons why this Panthers offense was not as explosive as I think it can be with the right guy under center. And that's why I think they need to, you know, really do some digging and see if they can find somebody that's going to chuck the ball 
a lot more than than he will, you know, and you know, let Robbie Anderson catch more passes deep. You know, let DJ Moore do more do even more if he, if he can. So, a lot of questions surrounding this Panthers team now as they end up with really yet another uh, 5 and 11 5 and 11 record uh you know this is two years in a row now that this team has finished 5 and 11 uh, of course third straight losing season f- fourth in the last 5 years you know only the the one playoff appearance now in the last 5 seasons so they got to find a spark somewhere you know it's been it feels like it's been too long that uh that this team has not been a contender you know and this is obviously a team you know the talent is there they have pieces there that can compete they just need you know and i think they have the right guy at head coach too i mean i i obviously i'm still a believer in matt rule i think they have the coaching staff in place and they certainly have the ownership in place as well with David Tepper that they can move this team forward. Now it's just about, you know, finding the right pieces. And I think that does start eventually at the quarterback position. Now, I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is going anywhere because it would be, uh, you know, they're not going to cut him because that's $20 million in dead money. If they do, they would save 13 million in cap space, but it would still leave 10 million in dead money if they were to somehow trade Teddy Bridgewater. So ultimately, I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is going anywhere for 2021. But obviously, 2022 is when you're going to start to see, especially, or maybe even sooner, especially if they do draft somebody uh, with that number eight pick or if they trade up for somebody. So lot, uh, you know, certainly a clouded future, but I still think the arrow is slightly pointing up for this team. Um, but again... Sunday was not the way you wanted to go out to lose 33 to seven on your home field. And yeah, that, that, that's a, that's a deflating feeling when you get trounced like that. And now you're not going to play another game for eight months. So lot, lot to go through here over these next couple months should be a, a very interesting run here. So we'll dig a little more, you know, start recapping some things, some final numbers, and uh, look, start looking ahead to 2021. But I uh, want to remind you guys that uh, today's episode is being brought to you by our friends at betonline.ag. The playoffs, of course, are now here, and you still have a chance to make a little bit of money if you're feeling confident. So go to betonline.ag because that's the one place that'll have you covered, and that's the one place we trust. So sign up today for a free account at AG and use that promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Obviously, some interesting playoff games coming up. Um, and then next Monday, of course, national championship games. A lot of good stuff, and then even... Even on the flip side, of course, NBA's in full swing, college basketball, NHL uh, starts next week. So a lot of options for you. So get in on the action. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Use our promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. 
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So as we wrap things up here, or continue to wrap things up here a little bit in 2020, we'll take a look at some... Uh, just kind of run through some final numbers here, some team numbers, you know, a couple team numbers, and um, some individual things. Obviously, I think one thing that stands out for the Panthers, one big number that stands out for the Panthers, is nearly at least they got a little better. That percentage didn't did come down. Third down conversions allowed. They ended up night. Uh, their opponents were ninety eight. Of 199 on third down conversion. So at least they did get that number a little below 50%, but still not the not the best number there. Uh, they allowed 360 total first downs, which I think I saw is a record or at least close to record, whatever the case may be. But they allowed 360 first downs. The Panthers themselves totaled 335 first downs. They were 76 of 195, which was about 39% on third down. But they were 15 of 27 on fourth down. So that's not too bad. Uh, 5,592 total offensive yards, though they did allow 5,761 offensive yards to opponent. Uh, allowed or got 29 sacks, allowed 36, scored 38 touchdowns, allowed 46, and they were pretty close in uh, time of possession, about 31 minutes they averaged in time of possession, uh, while their opponents had the ball about 29%. They did finish, though, with a plus-one turnover ratio. So that at least is something. Obviously not a, a big number, but the fact that they still finished in the positives there is a uh, is is a nice nice thing to carry over to 2021. Uh, final numbers for some individual players. So Teddy Bridgewater ends up 340 of 492. Uh, so that's about 69 percent of his passes. 3,733 yards, 15 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. He was sacked 31 times, which you know not the greatest of numbers, but obviously. We've seen some quarterbacks that have been hit a lot worse. Uh, Mike Davis, of course, ends up leading the team in rushing, 165 yard or 165 carries for 642 yards, so a little under four yards per carry, and he ended up with six rushing touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey, of course, in just three games, 59 carries, 225 yards, and five rushing touchdowns. So we've still tied for second, and only one off the team lead despite only playing three games. And then Teddy Bridgewater, 53 carries, 279 yards, and five rushing touchdowns. Curtis Samuel finishes with 200 rushing yards on 41 carries, so a shade under five yards per carry for him and two rushing touchdowns. 
Rodney Smith, 41 carries, 156 yards, one touchdown. And then Reggie Bonifin saw 12 carries this year for 69 yards. Panthers, of course, ended up with two receivers, both cracking 1,000 yards receiving. So that was nice to see. DJ Moore, 1,193 yards on 66 catches and actually ended up leading the team with uh, four four touchdown receptions. And then Robbie Anderson, 1,096 yards on 95 catches, leading the way there in his first season in Carolina, and ended up with three touchdowns. Curtis Samuel, of course, also had three touchdowns, 851 receiving yards on 77 carries. So, Three receivers with at least 850 yards cat, uh, receiving, two of which got to over 1,000, really close to, to having over 1,100. You know, Again, Robbie Anderson ends up just four yards shy of 1,100, and DJ Moore ends up seven yards shy of 1,200. So those are obviously still some bright spots. Uh, of course, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson both will be entering contract years in 2020, Curtis Samuel will be a free agent, so obviously we'll see what happens there. And then Mike Davis had 59 catches for 373. Ian Thomas, it, you know, again, ends up being a very quiet season for him. 20 catches, 145 yards, just one touchdown. And then Christian McCaffrey, 17 catches, 149, and a touchdown in just the three games. Uh, defensively, Panthers end up with two players with over a hundred tackles, and it was indeed our man Jeremy Chin, or at least my my guy, my draft crush, Jeremy Chin, the rookie, leading the team with a hundred and seventeen hundred and seventeen total tackles. That was four more than Shaq Thompson, who ended up with a hundred and thirteen. And in fact, uh Jeremy Chin. You know, not too bad. Looks like about top 30 or so uh, in total tackles. Zach Cunningham ended up leading the way with a buck 64. But 117 for Jeremy Chin, 113 for Shaq Thompson, 95 for Trey Boston. And Razul Douglas actually came in with 62. And Brian Burns rounding out the top five there with 58. Your sack leaders for 2020, of course, Brian Burns leading the way with nine sacks. And then F.A. Obata. We talked a lot about the improvement of F.A. Obata, especially kicking inside. You know, what an improvement F.A. Obata has made over the years. He ends up second on the team in sacks with five and a half. And then Marquise Haynes quietly had a good season himself. We really didn't talk a lot about Marquise Haynes, but he quietly had a, uh, a pretty good season as well. He had four sacks, which was third on the team, uh, 18, 18 total tackles, same as F.A. Obata. And then Yitor Grossmatos, two and a half sacks in his first season. Derek Brown, two sacks as a rookie. Zach Kerr, also with two sacks. And then a sack each for Jeremy Chin, Trey Boston, Bravion Roy, and Sam Franklin. And then your interceptions leaders for this season, uh, Dante Jackson, you know, Dante Jackson obviously had a very up-and-down season with all the injuries, but he still wound up playing in 14 games, and when he was healthy, I thought he played pretty well. 
and he winds up leading the team with three interceptions. And then Jeremy Chin, Trey Boston, Justin Burris, and Tyre Whitehead, all with an interception each. So obviously that was one thing the Panthers, you know, certainly struggled to do was uh, get turnovers, get interceptions. Uh, you know, set only seven total interceptions all season for the Panthers. And then uh, fumble recoveries, they did at least have a decent amount there. Jeremy Chin, Trey Boston, Marquise Haynes, Miles Hartsfield, and F.A. Obada, each with two fumble recoveries. So again, F.A. Obada, we've, you know, a couple times now we've mentioned him here. Five and a half sacks and two inter- or two fumble recoveries ended up playing in all 16 games. And remember, this was a guy that was cut before the season as the Panthers were doing final cuts. Brought him back right before the season and he ends up being a solid contributor all season long. So great for him. And then Whitehead, Shaq, uh, Jermaine Carter, even Teddy, uh, Woodrow Hamilton, Curtis Samuel, Rodney Smith, P.J. Walker, Dennis Daly, D.J. Moore, and Brandon Zilstra <laughs> all ended up with a uh, with a fumble recovery. So, And then for fun, uh, special teams, Joey Sly... Joey Sly ends up 29 of 36 in field goals and 33 of 36 on extra points. Uh, Mike Davis, eight total touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey, six. Bridgewater, five. Samuel, five. And then kind of down from there, more for Anderson, three. So down down the line there. So just a, just a quick wrap-up on numbers there. Uh, in terms of, at least in terms of stats there. And then a final look at the total snap counts all season. There was one player that wound up playing every single snap on offense. And no surprise, that player was Taylor Moten. 1,032 total offensive snaps for the Panthers. And Taylor Moten played every single one of them. Not too shabby for the soon-to-be free agent. And again, he's another guy we'll talk a lot about in terms of will he come back. Matt Paradis, though. Nice nice little bounce-back season for him, too. He ended up playing all but just three snaps uh, this season. He had that you know little minor injury uh, against the Cardinals in Week 4 and then uh, only missed about a snap or two yesterday against the Saints, but other than that, he pl- he also played every single snap, so not bad for Matt Paradis. Uh, we've talked about him as a potential cap casualty, so we'll see what happens. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater ends up playing about 90% of the snaps this season. John Miller, a little over 88% of the total snaps. Chris Reed, after taking over at left guard, pretty much solidified that spot the rest of the way. He ends up with about... 86.5% of the offensive snaps. And then uh, the three wide receivers, DJ Moore ends up with about 81% of the total snaps. Robbie Anderson plays about 78% total. And then Curtis Samuel ended up with a little under 64% of the total offensive snaps. Uh, and then Mike Davis, 56% of the snaps. Christian McC- 
and then at least in terms of the the offensive tackles, well, I was going to say Christian McCaffrey about sixteen and a half percent, and then some of the offensive tackles in that uh, rotation we ended up seeing uh, wound up being Russell Okung end up playing about thirty nine, little over thirty nine percent. Of course, missing all these games with that calf injury and whatnot. Trent Scott ends up with about a little over a third of the total snaps. And then Greg Little ends up playing just 13% of the total snaps. Again, injuries and whatnot hurting his second season as well. So that's been kind of the big factor with Greg Little as well, is injuries have really uh, deterred him uh, for for these first two seasons. Before I get into the, the defensive snaps, though, I, real quick, I want to I do want to get this shout out in first. Uh, today's episode, of course, also being brought to you by our friends at Built Bar, best tasting protein bar ever. Shout out Built Bar for uh, always supporting us, giving us a chance to try their product, and they are absolutely incredible. Whether you're working out or whether you just need a light snack, Built Bars are healthy. They are delicious. They're chocolatey. It's like eating a candy bar, but you get the health benefits of eating a protein bar. So real great stuff. Low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. Great, of course, for a keto diet. So go to BuiltBar.com. Check out their great their great products, their bars, all that good stuff, their energy packs. And remember to use the promo code Locked On. To get 20% off your next order. So again, builtbar.com, promo code locked on, gets you 20% off your next order. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So real quick, again, I want to run through the defensive snaps who played uh, who played a lot here. And then we'll uh, start looking ahead to 2021. So uh, it turned out nobody played every single snap. But the two that came closest were Trey Boston and Shaq Thompson. Trey Boston played pretty much about 98% of the snaps this season. Shaq Thompson ended up with a little over 97%. And then Jeremy Chin, his first season with the Panthers, first season in the NFL, a little over 91% of the defensive snaps. And then four more players ended up seeing over 70% of snaps. Uh, Rasul Douglas obviously had an up-and-down season. Uh, will be really interesting to see what the Panthers do with him, but he ended up playing about 77.5% of snaps. Justin Burris, a little under 75% in his first season with the Panthers. And then Brian Burns, about 71%. And Derek Brown, a little over 70%. Dante Jackson, then the only other player that saw uh, half the snaps, a little over 56%. Obviously, that toe injury and different things, you know, certainly up and down for... 
for uh, Dante Jackson. But again, when healthy, seemed like he had a pretty good, pretty good season here. So, uh, and then everybody else was under fifty percent. FA Obada just under forty percent. But again, even in that limited action, he had one, uh, a really good season. I think in in limited time. So excited to see what he does going forward. So in terms now of going forward, we'll start looking ahead now to 2021. And I'll start with the uh, 2021 opponents are officially locked in. Again, we knew 14 of the games and we were starting to get an idea what the other three were going to be. And now that the Panthers have finished third in the NFC South, all their opponents are now locked in. In fact, they were assured of finishing third after the Falcons lost to the Buccaneers in the early wave of games. Because that, of course, kept the Falcons at 4-12 and and the Panthers ended up at 5-11. and So, your official slate of 2021 opponents for the Carolina Panthers. We know, of course, they have, as always, the six divisional opponents, home and away, against the Buccaneers, the Saints, and the Falcons. They were slated to play the NFC East based on the the intra-conference uh, divisional rotation. They'll be home against Washington and Philadelphia. So again, the big, the big game coming next season. Ron Rivera makes his return to Carolina in 2021, and then they'll be on the road against the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants. AFC and then the interconference divisional rotation gives them the AFC East in 2021. So they'll be home against the New York Jets. Really interested to see what they do with that number two pick. And then the New England Patriots, who we we just saw them finish their first and probably only season with Cam Newton. And it was certainly a, a rough ending for Cam Newton there. And then they'll be on the road against the two teams that won at least 10 games in the AFC East last season, including the 13-3 and Buffalo Bills, who of course are set now as the number two seed in the AFC playoffs, and then the Miami Dolphins, who of course got hammered by the Bills yesterday and now are out of the playoffs. There are two, two extra intra-conference games in the NFC. Of course, the two same-place finishers, they'll be home against the third-place finisher in the NFC North. That will be the Minnesota Vikings. And then on the road against the team that finished third in the NFC West, which means they'll be taking a trip to Arizona next season to take on Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. And then, of course, the 17th game, as we know, it ended up being paired against the AFC South. So they'll play the same-place finisher as the AFC South which will mean they will play the Houston Texans. Again, we don't know yet. The NFL, of course, hasn't officially announced the 17th game, and they might not for a couple months until the new media deals come out. So we don't even know if that's going to be home or away. My gut says that the AFC is going to get all the home games this season because what they're expected to do is all the AFC teams will get the ninth home game, will play nine home games one year, and then the NFC will get nine home games the next year. So my guess is that the AFC will get those home games in 2021. So that would mean the Panthers would go to Houston in 2021. We'll see when the, uh, 
the announcement is officially made in a couple years. So again, uh, six divisional games. Then their other home games are Washington, Philadelphia, the Jets, New England, and Minnesota. On the road against Dallas, the Giants, Buffalo, Miami, and Arizona. And then to be determined, home or away, against the Houston Texans. So that's the 2021 opponents for the Carolina Panthers. And then their list of 2021 free agents that they put out. And obviously some intriguing names on there. Unrestricted free agents. Alex Arma, Farrell Cooper, Mike Davis, Razul Douglas, Corn Elder, J.J. Jansen. We'll see if they let him extend. We know, of course, J.J. Jansen, uh, one of the longest tenured players in Panthers history. We'll see if that gets extended. Tyler Larson, Chris Manhurts, John Miller, and then, of course, the two big tackles, Taylor Moten and Russell Okung. Okung, we could figure, is probably gone. Moten, obviously, is one of the biggest questions. Chris Reed, see what they do with him. And then the other big name, Curtis Samuel, uh, Michael Schofield, Julian Stanford, Adarius Taylor, and Dyer Whitehead round out the unrestricted free agents. And then four players are restricted free agents. Those are Keith Kirkwood, F.A. Obata, Trent Scott, and Brandon Zilstra. So, of course, especially in terms of F.A. Obata, the way he's been playing, that, of course, would mean that the Panthers can tender F.A. Obata and then have the option to match any offer made by another team for those players. So that's the list of 2021 uh, free agents. And then, obviously, of course, some other questions of players that uh, could be entering contract years or could be cap casualties. We've talked about Matt Paradis. And then, obviously, a, a big name that we haven't really talked about lately but is going to come up in conversation is K1 Short. So it'll be really interesting. A lot of, a lot of big decisions here for the Panthers. And then, of course... Uh, in terms of the draft, like we talked about before, the Panthers are now officially sitting with the number eight pick in the 2021 NFL draft. They had a chance to, you know, move up a little bit. They they could have moved up if Philadelphia had won. Um, if a team like Detroit had won, so they could have moved up a couple of spots. But they do end up slotting out at number 8. And of course, the number 8 pick has been pretty good to them in the past. We know, of course, what happened in 2017 when they had the number 8 pick. I think we all know the history there. So the Panthers end up one slot behind where they were in the 2020 draft. They were number 7 last year, took Derek Brown. 2021, they will have the number 8 pick in the draft. And, of course, uh, also, also, that's right. Interestingly enough, uh, the Panthers have gotten a couple other solid players, including one of the best left tackles they've ever seen, really, or really one of the best players ever in Panthers history, also came to them via the 8th overall pick. That, of course, was... Jordan Gross in 2003, and then they also took running back Shimanga Biakabutuka with the number eight pick in 1996. 
Uh, of course, the full draft order. We know, of course, that the Jacksonville Jaguars have the number one pick. They locked that up in week 16. And, of course, the Jets as well also locked up the number uh, the number two pick that week as well. Uh, the Texans' loss on Sunday ensured that the Miami Dolphins will pick number three thanks to the Laramie Tunsil trade. Atlanta, after their loss to the Bucks, they will pick fourth. And then the Bengals, thanks to a slightly easier schedule than the Philadelphia Eagles, the Bengals will have the number five pick and the Eagles will have the number six pick. It's almost, almost fitting that those two teams ended up with the same record and almost the same strength of schedule. In fact, they did have the same strength of schedule, uh, but I guess it was figured that the Bengals were going to end up with the easier one regardless, thanks to the Week 17 games. So the Bengals will pick five, Eagles will pick six, and then the Detroit Lions will pick at number seven, and then you get to the Panthers at number eight. So again, the top seven before you get to the Panthers, Jacksonville at one, and again, obviously pending pending any upcoming trades, but it's the Jaguars at one, Jets at two, Dolphins at three, Falcons at four, Bengals at five, Eagles at six, Lions at seven, and then the Panthers at number eight, and then rounding out the top ten, Denver at nine, Dallas at ten, and then the Giants will sit at 11, San Francisco at 12, Chargers at 13, Minnesota at 14, New England at 15, Arizona 16, Vegas at 17, and Miami again at number 18. So that's the top 18 for the draft. Number 8 for the Carolina Panthers. We'll certainly dive into a lot of possibilities, players, all kinds of good stuff as we are officially on the road now to the NFL draft with the offseason officially underway in Carolina. In fact, the Panthers are having their end-of-season uh, wrap-up press conference today as well, so we might touch on that a little bit tomorrow. So a lot of stuff coming here. Regular season may be over, but our work, of course, is far from done. It's draft season. It's a great season, and I hope you guys are excited to be on this ride with me as well. So with that, I think that will officially bring the 2020 season to a close. And it officially brings the 2021 season to the start. Obviously, of course, we've also got general manager talk uh, to go through as well. We'll touch on that down the line as well. Panthers are already starting to do some uh, requests and, and interviews, stuff like that. So we'll touch on that a bit. But I just wanted to kind of wrap things up here on the 2020 season and get kind of a kickstart on 2021. So that'll do it for this final edition of the 2020 regular season edition of the podcast. It's hard to believe the season is over, but again, excited to jump into 2021 with you guys. Follow me on Twitter at Bill underscore SETI, R-I-C-C-E-T-T-E. And hey, send me your mock drafts too. Let me know what you guys think, uh, what the Panthers will do at number eight. Give me your mock drafts simulators and, you know, whichever site you want to use the draft network, you want to use pro football network, you want to use uh, pro football focus, whatever. Let me know your thoughts and, and give me multiples, you know, 
I want to see what you guys think, how uh, the different boards shape up and different scenarios that you think could happen. So let's have some fun with this and let's make it a good one. So have a great rest of your Monday and of course, happy new year. Hope you guys had a great start to your new year. We'll see you tomorrow for the second show of 2021. And yeah, it's going to be a good time. So have a great rest of your Monday. We'll see you tomorrow right here on LOP. Until then, take care, my friends. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.